Welcome to the Podcock Peacast. I'm your host, the only Tyler Peacock on the program with me yet again. First, I'll introduce Bobby Russell. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Glad to be back. And of course, also joining us on the program yet again, Bryce oh, Baumgartner. Oh, How oh, you doing? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Steelers week, baby. Let's go. Yep, we will definitely talk about that. Not a ton really to talk about in the sports world, so that's why we're going to lead off with Tim Allen trivia <laughs> to start things off. All right. Now, there's two. Well, I guess the second answer, when you hear the question, it's going to be a little difficult to uh, answer. So I'll just ask the question. You guys could kind of price this right, rules this thing if you want. Uh, closest, if you're over, screw it. I'm looking for a number here. The question is, during the peak of the sitcom Home Improvement, how much money per episode was star Tim Allen paid? So, money per episode oh my God. during its peak. Ooh. So, you got to kind of think back to, you know, that late 90s. Um, I mean, we're kids, so we probably don't know the answer. But um, give you a couple of seconds to mull it over and uh, give a guess. And then... I got a bonus part, which is adjusted for inflation. How much would that be in today's day and age? Interesting. So. Huh. Hmm. Um, that's yeah. I'm 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 mulling it over. That's a tough one. Um, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and throw mine out. Then, if you give you a second there, I the height of home improvement, the '90s rate. I'm going to say three hundred thousand per episode. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember back. Like, I, I thought I heard a stat where like Friends, like in the height of their shit, you know, with like NBC, um, you know, they were like making like a million an episode. So Bobby said three hundred thousand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's kind of like my what my gut was saying, but I feel like height mid nineties ABC. I'll say like, I'll say. 125. I'll cut it in half and just like say 125. Okay. I'm not, I have the answer, obviously. I'm not acting like uh, you guys are dumb dumbs here, but you guys are way out of the ballpark here. <laughs> it was 1.25 million. Oh my God. Per episode. Holy shit. I feel like money, I feel like money back in the 90s with network television. Like blows out today's day, like today's rate. Yeah, um, well, I've heard of some comedians talk about like just getting like holding deals back in the nineties and early two thousands, where it was like, "Hey, you're an up and coming comedian. We'll pay you a bunch of money, and if you have an idea, just come to us. But we, we'll we'll get you to contractually agree to be a partner with us, and then if nothing happens." Uh, we paid you six, seven figs, uh, just to, for your brain, basically. So yeah, that's, you know, that's impressive. So yeah, I I couldn't believe it. Um, now adjusted for inflation. Now that you guys know that number, now do you have a guess there? Um, would that like then? I mean, translate it's, to like two point five. Yeah, like two point two, something like that. Yeah, I'm in that same range. Two to two point five. Uh, close. All right. It was. It's actually one point nine. Okay. I guess in today's. I I think this. 
article was written last year sometime the where I looked it up. Um, so still though, good for him. Not, I mean, I mean, well, but that means like Al, I was like gonna... Al Borland, like that means he was like making probably like 300 an episode or like a half a million an episode or something stupid like that. And those kids are fucking loaded. Like, holy moly. I'm, I'm not going to give up the ghosts on Al Borland because I was going to actually ask that at a later time. I will say this though, uh, doing the research for this question, now, I've heard some celebrities talk about, like, oh, Celebrity Network, that website is woefully inaccurate. I've heard some say, yeah, you know, if I added up all my assets and stuff like that, it's pretty yeah. pretty close in the ballpark. Uh, Tim Allen was a $100 million man. I believe it uh, now. According to according to the web, that website. So, well, yeah, well, that, it's insane. Like, and, like, Toy Story probably made him, like, half of it, if not, like, around there you know what i'm saying like that's a ton of money with toy story and then the the video games yeah and like the the santa claus i mean i'm sure if he's like wheeling and dealing with like a million dollars an episode you know he was asking for like a a crazy amount of money to do a movie and i'm sure that those all grossed like a ton so um, and his last man standing now that's been going on for how many years now he has to make at least something like that yeah, I was I was gonna mention that where if you look, Home Improvement I think was an eight or nine year run, whatever it was, and I think Last Man Standing's a nine, maybe a decade fully run. So he's had like just twenty years of television kind of right sitcom. I'm not gonna say dominance, but been a, been a fixture in that. And then yeah, Toy Story obviously is gigantic. So it's a lot of all right. Chicken sandwiches. Well, yeah, yeah. All right, that's the Tim Allen trivia for this week. Of course, that will be a reoccurring segment if you haven't caught the uh, drift here. All right, so winners and losers from the previous week. That was. Um, I'll get I'll get a Bryce here first. If you want to punt, you can. But uh, uh, who was your winner? No. Who was your loser of the week? No, okay, for my winner, I'm just gonna say it because like. I don't want to say like the dude doesn't get the credit because he obviously he's talked about a lot, but um, Travis Etienne with Clemson um, just like shows up in big time games, uh, prime time. He's always there. Uh, you, you know they they lost four out of their five starting offensive linemen last year, coming into this year, uh, and, and he doesn't skip a beat uh, against Miami. He I think he averaged right around nine like on the ground and nine in the air. Um, like a little over 200 all-purpose yards and just like makes game-changing plays and really takes the pressure off of uh, Trevor Lawrence um, when, when they need him the most. So he's my winner. Um, he was impressive. And again, against a pretty solid Miami defense, what we thought going into the game. Uh, my loser, um, and this might be some of y'all's losers here, but you know, I'm going to say the Big 12. Also, <laughs> Tom Herman. Um Oh, yeah. Because, like, if you're looking at the Big 12, you still have, I think, Oklahoma State. They're undefeated. Maybe Iowa Iowa State lost. Um, But Oklahoma State, like, is one of the top teams now, like, the front runner, I guess you could say, of the conference. But they've got Iowa State, Texas, Kansas State, OU, like, all in a row um, with maybe a bye sprinkled in. And I don't see how they're going to, like, run the table on those four teams. Um, But Tom Herman, man, he's, like – 
won 60% of his games there, which is not good for Texas football. And uh, I think uh, everybody's done with him down in Austin for sure. So Tom Herman is my loser. Needed this win, but didn't get it. Yeah, I I just don't. I mean, that's a podcast topic for a whole show. Really. Yeah, I just and I, I don't know. Right. It's basically Charlie Strong 2.0. But like you see what Mac Brown's doing right now, recruiting and the way North Carolina's playing. It's kind of like uh, you had him, Texas, and he wasn't good enough. So, right. Yeah, I mean, they, they were sick of I mean, it's kind of like the Bo Pelini days at, at Nebraska. I mean, they were sick of like, you know eight, eight and three, eight and four type teams. And then same thing with Mac Brown. I get it. He like really kind of slowed down recruiting Texas a little bit, but, uh, and Charlie Strong didn't have a whole lot to play with. Um, like didn't have a quarterback coming in and, and, and had some issues with that. But, uh, yeah, Tom Herman was supposed to like save the day coming in from Houston. I think we all thought he was going to, I mean, he, he had the record to prove it. He did well at, you know, at Iowa state did well at Ohio state came to Houston, turned that program around. And then, uh, you know, recruits good players at UT, but like is not not shown on the field. So he's my loser of the week. Yeah. yeah. All right, Bobby. Uh, what's going to do? Winner and loser of the week. Yeah, Bryce said a name that I'm going to make my loser. It wasn't even on my radar until he brought that name back up. But my loser is Bo Pelini. You go. <laughs> you go from being a successful, a moderately successful coach at Nebraska, get run out of town there by those idiots who probably wish they had him back now. Uh, go to Youngstown State. You get to work for one of the best in the game ever, Jim Trestle. Uh, get, you get to live in the town you grew up in in Youngstown. Coach the team you grew up watching. Uh, you're successful there. Make the playoffs every year. You recruit the best for um, FCS, and you're having a good success. And then you get the opportunity to go back to LSU, become defensive coordinator again, and then you blow it severely in the first game, making KJ Costello look like a Heisman candidate. And then all the egg is on our faces now because we all said the same thing. And then he just continues to give up terrible games. I know, I know they lost a lot. You know, there's no mistaking that. But you're LSU. You just won the national championship. You just get all the best recruits in Louisiana. You bring in a bunch from the South. How do you not have a competent defense? And the thing that I point out the most is Orgeron saying, you know, if we have to run one coverage and have one call, we have to do it. And that says so much about how bad Bo Pelini's scheme is. And he had he had the SEC in the palm of his hands again. And he's just fumbled it. Uh, losing to Missouri is inexcusable as LSU. I, that's just that's just something that just doesn't happen. And so, Bo Pelini, I'm sorry. I loved you. I was really hoping that you would be the next coach at Ohio University. Yeah, yeah. loser. <laughs> uh, all right, and my winner this week is a former loser, uh, the Tennessee Titans. Um, Oh yeah, so you know, I I did give them a lot of shit for you know screwing up, not following protocol, causing multiple game postponements. Um, obviously, other teams have had some of the similar things, and there's a whole jumble with the NFL schedule. But the Titans had their game against the Steelers postponed. They had to move this game to last night, which Tuesday night football, NFL football. I mean, it was cool. It was Titans and Bills, so I really wasn't too invested in it. But it was still cool to see, like, 
them playing there, something that you would normally see. Well, the way they came out after that long layoff, not having a single – I think they had like one or two like physical practices, the rest all Zoom meetings, online meetings, to come out and do that and shut down the Bills. One of the most potent offenses in the AFC right now and one of the best defenses in the AFC, do that to them. Um, that's, that's big props to Vrabel, to all those players for staying on it. And then the exclamation point on that night was the, the next great Derrick Henry stiff arm that's going to be played out through the next six months. Um, oh, my the God. The next, like, 12 that years. That was, like, beautiful. Yeah. So, Titans, you know, kudos to the Titans. Don't screw it up again. Yeah. All right. Uh, I will go um... – uh, I'll start with my loser too, so we end winners and losers on a positive note. Um, it's kind of a co loser. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the man and and have myself slash my San Francisco 49ers as co losers of the week. Now, as a fan, as the fan base, whatever, you kind of had to adjust your expectations. It might sound like an excuse, but when you have like nine. 10 injuries to your starters, you know, almost 50% of your lineup hurt some for most of them out for the season. You kind of have to adjust your expectations. I mean, and I'll say this on the front end too. I kind of drink the Brian Flores Dolphins Kool-Aid coming into the season. I didn't think they'd be great, but uh, you know, I thought they competed last year late in the year and he gets them to compete this year, but to not be in that fucking game, at all. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's unacceptable. Like, I don't, you're at home. I, I get it. You know, it's COVID season. So, no fans in California, whatever. But still, Miami had to take a fucking long ass flight day before the game, stay in a hotel, the, you know, standard operating procedures. But still, that has to take a toll. And that game was never close. The San Francisco 49ers were never in it. So, uh, me slash the Niners were losers. And we got the Rams coming this week. I'll preview that game right now. Rams probably kick our ass. So, I'm kind of punting on the season. But I'm kind of a fair weather NFL fan as it is. So, I'm more of a college guy. But that's that's where I'm at. Winners. I got a co-winner. It's LeBron James slash the NBA. So, I'll start with the NBA first. Just, you know, to go – I think 172 days, 370 some games or whatever it was without a positive test um, to actually pull off the bubble. Oh, uh, really the only hiccups were uh, for social injustice, which, you know, that's fair enough. Um, and I understood that um, for that to, to go off without a hitch was, um, you know, just incredible. And, you know, I'll, I'll give hockey. It happened a couple weeks ago. Hockey kind of the same praise, too, with their bubble situations, just to, to, to grind it out and finish the season. Uh, LeBron James, fourth finals MVP, fourth championship. If you guys look up the stats, uh, this was his, I believe, his highest points per game finals in a win. I think he averaged a shade under 30. is 29 point something, and he shot nearly 60% in the finals right at 59 point, whatever. Um, and I think he has 12 finals. He's just incredible. He's like a fine wine with age. His game gets better. Um, 
he's like more of a bully too, which I always like when an athlete just realizes like, you know, physically nobody could fucking touch me. And that's kind of where he's at. Um, and again, I, I just think it was kind of destiny where with the Kobe Bryant situation and yeah, they got it done. So the Lakers, um, and the NBA, my winners of the week. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything, uh, to add, if not, we'll move on to this Alabama Georgia game. Um, no, no. I mean, I was kind of like surprised to see that. Well, that Sunday night game had more views, like viewers, than than the actually NBA Finals, which was kind of wild. But uh, um, I guess I get it with Miami. I don't say not being a big market, but like not a big basketball market. Um, that was. Like, I don't say like disappointing, but I think with like the home court advantage type shit, you know, being in the bubble, you're going to see that type of stuff. But, you know, I'm always, I'm always rooting for LeBron. I hope he does well again, like back to the, like Jordan stuff. Like, why can't we just like celebrate both players being amazing? Like Jordan obviously was like one of a, one of a kind LeBron the same way. So um, I guess for, I agree, yeah, I agree for, with that. you know, LeBron fans, I'm glad like they can like talk more shit and um, go from there. But yeah. Good for, good for him. It's still impressive when you realize, like, where you were when he entered the league, like, what, middle schooler to, like, being a, a grown man with a child, and, like, he's still he's still playing. Like, a lot's happened in our lifetime uh, while he's been in the league. So, good for him. Speaking of, I wonder if uh, his son is still alive, if he's killed him yet or not. Oh, he's gotten – he's probably got the yardstick out, I'm sure. <laughs> have, you, have you guys seen the meme? I saw it. Um couple days ago LeBron like was laying on the floor FaceTiming somebody like in the bowels of the whatever arena in in Disney World and then on the other end was Bronny uh hitting that spliff (laughs) god I just sounded 185 (laughs) years old there calling it that I feel like but like I just thought it was hilarious because LeBron had a big ass stogie in his mouth he's laying on the ground (laughs) FaceTiming somebody and then it's like on the other end of the phone it was Bronny so um, yeah, that was funny. yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're kind of motoring through this, which is fine. Uh, college football week seven. Yeah. Week seven. We're here. Um, we're not going to preview this game, but just a heads up nine thirty Eastern on Friday, BYU at Houston. That might be entertaining to watch. If you're looking for something to watch on Friday night, kind of a dead television night. Um, looking at the rest of the slate. Yeah, but I'll, I'll give the the Bob or I'll give Bobby the floor here. Uh, Louisville, however you want to say it, Louisville, Louisville. They challenge your Irish at home. Notre Dame, number four team in the country, seventeen point favorite. Um, go on. What do you say? Yeah, here? I'll make make this one quick. Um, like I said last week on the pod, I, I was I was worried about playing Florida State last week, coming off of our COVID break, um, seeing how we would come out of the gate there. Obviously, Florida State comes out and they end up taking the lead 17 to 14 early and multiple beers and multiple curse words. My wife left the room. Um, luckily, luckily the <laughs> Irish turned it around. They finally got back on track. They run the ball so damn well. Um, our, our best offensive line in the country right now. Um, I don't think anybody can dispute that. Uh, maybe Georgia, but you know, sample sizes right now, Georgia's had a couple tougher components, but the Irish, 270 yards per game. Um, I think we had almost 400 against Florida State on the ground alone. 
And it was all of, it was all of one counter play that they could not stop. Um, so once they got into the groove of thing and the swing of things there, they were all right. I'd like to see us be able to pass the ball a little bit more effectively. Um, Ian Book's fifth-year starter, you know, he's having a pretty good year so far. Um, but I, I feel like this is the week they finally opened that up a little bit more. Uh, I, f- I feel like uh, the Cardinals are going to key on our run game, try to stop that first and foremost, stack the box against us. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Ian Book have one of those three, four touchdown games like he had with Chase Claypool, shout out, uh, last year as well. Uh, Cardinals, uh, Cunningham's a good quarterback. Satterfield's a great coach. they got a good scheme. I think they've just hit some speed bumps this year, obviously not having a full off season. Um, I think their schedule, they lost to Georgia Tech, who's had a pretty decent year so far turning around with their new coach. Um, they had a tough one against Pitt, and obviously they lost to the U. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be a close game for the first about five, ten minutes. And then the Irish just open it up. Our defense steps up. I think we just kind of roll to probably a 21-28 point win here. Um, but that, that's all I got for the Irish this week. Just don't mess up until we get that big one on November 7. I heard I heard Cunningham was out, actually. And for that line to still be, like, 17, that makes me want to actually jump all over Notre Dame because I think, I think you guys can do whatever you want to him offensively. Like, Miami, if you remember that game. Oh, my God. Uh, they, they kind of threw the ball all over them, and then I don't think you're going to be able to match up with Notre Dame's offensive line. Um, what about Eichenberg's eyes? Is it back in a skull yet? Yeah, because that, 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 that was that, that was, was gnarly. He, when he was down on the ground like that on all fours, I was like, "Oh shit!" There goes our best left tackle since McGlinchey. I was I was I was a little bit worried. Um, when he came back out and he took that helmet off and took the ice pack off, and it was just skilled like Rocky and like Rocky Four. Needed to be cut open. Um, one of the beat writers did tweet out a photo of him on their Zoom conferences last night, and it's all—it's still swollen. You can actually see his eye though, but it's all black and blue. Um, but that's just—that's just another tough Ohio kid, you know. He's from Cleveland. He's built for it. Yeah, his brother is plays at Ohio State. So, did you see it, Bryce? I didn't. No, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't check hold, that one out. Okay, hold, this this will be a, a podcast first. I have a screen grab of it, live reaction. I just sent it to the group text. So, okay, so Let's like I'm, I'm, I'm assuming like my phone will probably have a fucking aneurysm if I were to look at it. Oh yeah, fuck, you're probably thing. <laughs> like it, 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 like the human body is like an amazing thing. Like Jesus Christ, what a, what happened? Like what did he get like punched underneath the helmet or like what? What was that? Uh, I think he just got a finger in the eye. <laughs> Headbutt the cheerleader or the leprechaun or something? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't watch the game. I just was scrolling Twitter during the Miami Clemson game and saw that pop up on my time. I think Golick Jr. tweeted, <laughs> retweeted, and I'm like, oh my god, that the, is the funniest. That was the nasty. funniest thing I saw was someone like quote tweeted it and overlapped the uh, Billy Madison when he sees the kid with the piss pants going goo. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like he just like got off a, like a street fight with Kimbo Slice or something. Like honestly, it's like eye hanging out. Good God, bless his heart. Yeah, go to the internet, kids, if you want to know what the hell we're talking about. Um, by the way, the well, okay, we'll get to that. We'll get maybe get to that here in a little bit. Uh, we were gonna do Florida LSU, um, but 
that's postponed because I think Florida only has like I don't know. I think I've heard like less than fifty scholarship kids available. Uh, I knew something was fishy last week because uh, it started rolling out Saturday morning before that A and M game, which they got upset. Um, that they had, I think, like maybe twelve players not available. Uh, they didn't list it as COVID right away, and then I think it came out Monday that there was like nineteen positives. Uh, so yeah, that that's postponed. Give you that update. That's karma, so like we'll with, to... with with Mullen, like oh, yeah, just yeah. being like pack the stadium, fuck it. Yeah, that's true too. He did say that after, which I'm telling you, there are uh, that Georgia Tennessee game last week, the Georgia Auburn game the week before. Clemson has fans. Uh, and like... Clemson, some of these schools, I feel like are really stretching the. Uh, the twelve and a half percent. I mean, um, I, I don't know. It's it's wild. To it me. just means more um, down there. That's a perfect segue. Number three, Georgia, at number two, Alabama, eight p.m. Eastern time on CBS. Um, man, this line's been all over the place. I've seen Alabama open as a four and a half point favorite. Uh, it bloomed up to six, and I don't know if it's because Nick Saban has COVID or not, and it's not going to be coaching, but it's back down to four. Um, I'll, I'll start, if you guys want, my breakdown here. I have no idea because I don't really trust either quarterback yet. Uh, Alabama's offense looks incredible, but Georgia, I think, maybe Clemson. But one of those two teams, I think, has the best defense in college football that I've seen so far. Uh, I think I like Alabama's skill town a little more. Uh, they're home, but no saving now. I don't. I don't know. I guess gun the head. Uh, I'll stick with my rule. You don't get rich betting against Nick Saban, even though he's not going to be there. So I'd take out. I wouldn't bet it. I think Alabama wins a close one, but I feel like you know momentum for Georgia starting to build. Um, Bobby, I'll throw it to you next. What are you yeah. thinking? From a gambling perspective, you know, the spread, the over-under, I think the over would be the only thing that may hit in this game. Georgia scores 36 a game. Alabama scores 51 per game. Um, So that perspective, I really wouldn't touch anything on this one if you partake. Uh, But this is strength against strength. Alabama, 51 points Mm -hmm. offense. Georgia allows 12.3 points per game. Uh, This is – this Georgia team, I think, is better than the team that went to the national championship against Alabama a few years ago. Uh, I think they they got lucky with Stetson Bennett, honestly. I feel like they went to him as kind of like, all right, well, let's try something new, and then just got the spark kind of like when um, Eason went down and Fromm came in. It was like, oh, this actually works. So I, I feel like it's going to be a really good game. Um, I just – part of me – thinks that Alabama finds a way to get this game postponed. I just don't think they want to go oh. into a game without Saban. Um, I did see a tweet from on there that said he's symptom-free, he's coaching from Zoom, leaving the practices from Zoom. But his presence on the sideline, and I, I just feel like that means something for Alabama. Um, so I, I, I honestly think they find a way to postpone this game between now and Saturday morning somehow. Um, but gun to head, I'm going to go with Georgia in the game if it actually gets played this weekend. 
Uh, I just think from a preparation standpoint, Kirby's going to have him ready to go. He knows he knows what he's got this year, and I think he's on a war path right now. And you know, I I think he's the perfect guy. This is the perfect time for Saban's former assistants to break that zero and twenty one streak now. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I guess I can I can talk a little bit. So um, that Ole Miss game was really fun to watch. That's like kind of took my eyes off the Miami game, uh, Clemson after it got got out of hand, which didn't take long. I was upset about that. But then, uh, you know, the college football gods said, hey, why don't you check out uh, check out this game, this Ole Miss-Bama uh, game. So I did, and I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, Ole Miss definitely gave gave them a run for the money. I know, like, the, the score, obviously, at the end, it kind of it looked a little lopsided, but um, good, good for the Rebels, or, or I don't know if we're calling them the Rebels or, or what, but that's good for them. Um, but Bama had 723 yards of offense uh, against Ole Miss. That's that's a lot of yards, guys. I don't know if you know that. Um, but kind of like what Bobby said, you know, uh, Georgia, I think, allowed minus one rushing yards against, like negative rushing yards against Tennessee. Um, you know, they forced three, like, really, like, timely turnovers in the second half. Didn't allow a point in the second half, I don't believe. Um, I have a feeling they're going to be playing Dixieland Delight down at uh, Bryant – Brian Denny Stadium, um, and I know you said uh, Peacock. I know you said uh, what Mac Jones isn't like surprising you, or you're not like in love with him. But like, kind of like uh, Travis Etienne, he's just kind of a quiet dude. I mean, he's got eight touchdowns for one interception and, and like 1,100 yards passing. I mean, the dude's putting up numbers, like some pretty big time numbers. And you know, I like I like the velocity he comes out off the ball. He throws a really nice ball. You know, he's got he's got great receivers. He's hitting them, like, in stride, like, on the money. Um, so, you know, I'm – I don't say I'm a fan, but, like, I'm starting to, like, hey, check this dude out. He, he's he's turning it on. So, but but we'll see this week. Like, it's great. It's 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 power against power, and we're going to love it. Yeah, I, I guess my point – I'm not – I'm not totally, but I guess I was trying to maybe more from, like, a gambling aspect, like, you know – yeah, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, those guys seen him play enough to where like you could right. kind of pencil in statistically what they're doing. I do think this could be the type of game that uh, either way it goes, you know. I'm with you. Whether it's Stetson, Stetson Bennett the fourth needs to put together a drive late in the game, or Mac Jones like that first real uh, pressurized moment yeah. uh, to kind of prove. Uh, me wrong or right or whatever, wherever you're set at. But yeah, I did see, um, I watched a little bit of that Ole Miss game. Uh, I mean, Waddle, like, I know Judy and Ruggs were awesome last year, but I don't know if it's because he's more in the spotlight now. But Waddle, he seems like he's more explosive than both those guys were. I mean, he's, he's filthy. Yeah, that's saying something too, because like, I would watch. Judy and be mm-hmm. like, fuck, man. Like, that dude might be the be- one of the best wide receivers I've ever seen play in college. Like, he was just, yeah. like, stopping on a dime, and, like, his routes were so crisp. And um, so, yeah, that that receiver, uh, receiving room, we're going to talk about that, like, probably 20 years from now. Like, they had those dudes there. That's impressive. So, yeah, I could, I could see it being whatever the Pro Bowl is worth nowadays. Yeah. Seems like it's not that big of a deal. But if you saw, like, all, you know, three of those guys – in the Pro Bowl in, like, five years. Like, hey, these guys all, right. you know, in the same practice or receiving room and out. Just, yeah, it's one of those groups. Um, yeah, it should be a good one. 
Um, other than that, the college slate's kind of lame. Uh, I mean, we'll all watch because, of course, but uh, next week the Big Ten's back. Uh, we'll do the Big Ten preview next week. I know I've been saying I can look out for <laughs> Middle it. Middle of October. But, but it makes sense. Preview. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it next week. Um, all right, let's move on to NFL Week 6 and get out of here. Um, let's start out with uh, the, the, the marquee game in the afternoon Sunday. I'm going to save you guys this game for last just for uh, climatic reasons. Uh, we'll go with Tampa Bay, the Bucks hosting Aaron Rodgers and the undefeated Packers, uh, 425 Eastern Fox. Buck and Aikman will be on the call. Uh, Tampa Bay or Green Bay? Sorry, a one-point road <laughs> favorite. Uh, yeah, I'll go to Bobby here first. Um, your thoughts, opinions, got a pick, yeah, whatever. Yeah, this one, I, I, these two teams, whenever they play, all I can think of is the late '90s, the the NFC Central back when there were six teams per division, and y'all, they, these two teams were in the same division, like all the North teams and Tampa Bay. And I was like, this doesn't make sense really. Um, so Tampa Bay has really come on lately. Um, I'm honestly surprised that they've clicked so well. Um, I don't understand Green Bay being a one point road favorite. Um, I think at home, Tampa Bay is tough to beat. Tom and the gang is coming together. Uh, need to get a little bit healthier. I know they've had, revolving door of receivers on the, the bench each week. Um, so I feel like if they get everyone healthy, I think they're going to be pretty good. Um, you know, Rojo, um, wish I would have picked him in fantasy. Uh, I feel like an idiot. Um, Green Bay, I honestly haven't watched a single snap of Green Bay Packer football this year. So I really can't say a whole lot about them. Um, so I'm just going to roll with Tampa Bay on this one. Um, who's that dude that tied in from Green Bay? Like, what's his name? Like, Tony Tattoo or something, something stupid. I don't even know what it is. Like, what the guy that was like yeah. wide open their last game, like every fucking yeah, everyone's play. like trying to pick them up, like fantasy. Like, this dude no one's ever heard of is just like straight, just killing it. But, uh, um, you know, first off, it's like Tom Brady gonna know what down it is. So, like, you're he's like showing early signs of dementia. <laughs> that's, a, that's a warning sign. He's getting old. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Green Bay here, uh, just because that offense. I mean, like, yeah, they're like they maybe they're getting better, but I, I don't know. Mike Evans, like you could tell, his ankle is still, um, like not in great shape, and really, their his his targets are all like red zone, which like he's capitalizing. He's like a like a two receptions, two yards, two touchdowns type guy. Like who's a he's like my third, you know, wide receiver three, I guess, in fantasy. So I'm loving it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just think I think. Rogers and, and, and the company, you know, are, are just taking care of business. I don't know. Like this reminds me of like a matchup I play in NFL Blitz. Um, both these teams, shout, yeah, out, Blitz. shout out Blitz. Uh, both teams I love. Both teams uh, I play with. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I my gut's telling me Green Bay, and I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what Tom's got. Bears got a tough defense, so that wasn't like a gimme by any means. And like we saw what happened, but. Um, yeah, being at home is going to help them a little bit back in that Florida sunshine. But, yeah, I'm going to go Green Bay here. Yeah, I'm going to get nostalgic real quick, too. Both of you guys went the nostalgic route with this matchup. Uh, kind of piggybacking off Bobby's initial point about back in the 90s, 
I don't know why I kind of took a liking to I I love Mike Allstott and I loved Warren Sapp kind of so I kind of had a soft spot for those late 90s early 2000 Bucks teams but like <laughs> every year it seemed like they would play Green Bay in like November December January and it I think Gruden obviously got rid of it but Tony Dungy that Tampa Bay team never could win like a game at like the freezing point I remember that was always a big deal. Like, oh shit, it's thirty degrees in Green Bay. Like, can can Tampa finally win a, a a freezing game? It's just one of those weird things. Like, and then they'd show like the oversized, comically oversized uh, thermometer on the sidelines and stuff like that. Like during pregame and shit. But uh, as for a pick, I don't know. Like, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is on a kind of a, a fuck you tour. Uh, still pissed over that Jordan Love draft pick. Uh, Robert Tanya, I just That's looked it, it up. Was, uh, yeah, it's that tight end that everybody loves. But I don't know. I feel like Tampa at home, like, they got a couple extra days to, of preparation uh, playing last Thursday. Uh, maybe Tom drinks more water and, and gets his brain firing on all – Eight cylinders. So I think I get Tampa just because they're home. Um, NFL, all the good things must come to an end. Of course, the Chiefs get beat last week. So maybe another unbeaten team goes down this week. Um, all right. Speaking of the Chiefs, we'll move on. They got a Monday night game, uh, five Eastern time on Fox. Love this kickoff time. Um, Chiefs at the Bills, both teams four and one. Currently, the Chiefs, a three and a half point favorite. Uh, Bryce, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, Chiefs bouncing back, Bills bouncing back. Uh, what do you say? Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Chiefs on on this one. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe the Titans like found the recipe to like slow that offense down, and um, so uh, that's kind of like what what my gut is. They just seemed like the the Bills had a really hard time uh, stopping the run, rightfully so. Derrick Henry's tough. Um, and hats off to Vrabel with the hell of a game plan. But um, I don't know. I just I, I think it's going to be too much offensively uh, for for a defense like the Bills, who I mean they're 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 a good defense, but like they give up points. Um, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Where, is this is this in is this in Kansas City? No, uh, Buffalo. It's in Buffalo. Buffalo. Okay, so I don't want to say like that changes a whole lot. Um, I think it's going to be a hell of a game, and I'll uh, like I said back to what my 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 stomach feels i'll, I'll go uh my homes isn't losing two in a row yeah, yeah i'm with that i, I, agree. I don't think they lose two in a row um especially with with time they've had off to prepare as well um i think kansas gets back on track the one thing that does worry me is they do not have like edward Solaire is great from 20 to 20 but inside the red zone he hasn't been able to score much um so that kind of limits them and obviously they get the big play offense to long touchdowns and everything but if you can't line up and just pound it in from seven tries within five yards, that, that's kind of a problem there. Um, but I feel like Kansas City's too much. They have too many weapons for Buffalo's defense to cover all of them at one time. All right. Well, the game of the week, especially here on this podcast, and actually I kind of do think definitely Sunday, but I think it might be the biggest NFL game of week six, the four and one coming off four straight wins. Cleveland Browns will travel into the steel city, take on the Steelers of Pittsburgh 
three and a half point favorite is the Pittsburgh Steelers CBS one o'clock Eastern time kickoff. Well, the fun thing for me about this matchup is Bobby, if you've been listening, he's a Steelers fan. Bryce is a Browns fan. So I'm going to just kind of kick back here um, and see what you guys have to say about it. Uh, I guess Bobby, if you want to start, then Bryce, and uh, see what you guys think yeah, on uh, this one. Pretty started on this one. Um, pretty sure this is the first time both of these teams have played with a winning record since that 2002 playoff game when Kelly Holcomb blew it. Um, oh, and no. Steeler legend Chris Fumatu Maafala had the game of his life in that game. Um, but I'm excited that the Browns are good. It makes this rivalry actually like fun to watch. And winning's always fun, but when you win like 11 of 12 over like a six year period, it's kind of like, all right, come on, figure something out. Um, Cleveland does scare me though. Uh, their offense is clicking. Um, I know I think Chubb's out for a while. So I think that kind of helps Pittsburgh's run defense there, which has been stellar this year. Um, and I'm not sure if Teller is going to play or not. I'll let Bryce kind of hit on that. But their offensive lines come together pretty well. I think it's the best line they've had since they had uh, Alex Mack and Joe Thomas anchoring it. Uh, Cleveland's defense, Miles Garrett, obviously, and Olivier Vernon, uh, great pass rushers. Um, you know, Pittsburgh, we might be down to Castro again. He left last Sunday with an abdomen injury. And then – the rest of our lines kind of patchwork. Villanueva is not the greatest anymore. Um, we're already down a right tackle, torn ACL in the first game. Um, but we find a way to win with the minimal running game. And if we can give Ben four seconds, three seconds, he can make something happen. He can scramble out and he can throw on the run there. Um, last week, though, if you saw the game, every pass was like one step past the ball, two yards along. It looked like a Drew Brees offense. So I feel like – they may have been trying something and not showing everything for this game. No, this game means a lot more in the grand scheme of things. Um, but I, I feel pretty confident with Pittsburgh. We're, we're at home. This is our fourth home game in five games, which kind of sucks. But at least they have the fans back at a minimal capacity right now. Um, so I, th- I think by the time Renegade plays in the end of the fourth quarter there, when we need a big stop. Uh, I feel like we're going to come out of this one like a, probably like a three-point win on this one. Um, yeah, that's all, all great points. I'll try to touch on some things you said, but, uh, um, being a, like a Browns fan and I, Bobby, you mentioned the game in 02. I watched that on literally at, in the Phoenix airport coming home from the Fiesta Bowl after like Ohio state wins, um, the national championship against Miami. So like, I was like cloud nine, like so fucking excited. And then like just standing there, like, as like, waiting for our plane to arrive, just watching that game unfold and, like, leaving the hotel, being like, okay, we got to leave, and, like, getting to the airport and being like, what the fuck is going on? And, like, it was a nightmare. So, anyway, that, I'm glad you reminded me of that bullshit. Um, uh, so, I think talking about being emotional and, like, being a Browns fan, I, I wanted to kind of get myself out of the way here and just look at numbers because I think – I don't want to say, like, numbers don't lie, but stats are, are a huge part of football – so I kind of have it broken down into like, I don't want to say six, like six, maybe six or seven categories and kind of like looking and comparing. So um, sacks allowed, huge stat, right? Uh, Cleveland is ranked seventh in the NFL with, uh, you know, like favoring them. Uh, Pittsburgh's right behind them at eight. So like they're really close with like protecting the quarterback. Um, 
credits to Fansky and like him like getting Baker out of the pocket and rolling him out and obviously back to the offensive line. Yeah, doing a great job. Um, turnover differential, right? We would agree that's a huge thing in the NFL. Um, Cleveland's second right now in, in, in like the, the uh, plus minus range with uh, but but Pittsburgh's not too far behind them, ranked tenth. So um, again, two defenses that like love to get like the offense flustered and turn the ball over. Uh, time of possession, uh, uh, Cleveland is 11th, Pittsburgh is second. So, again, that, that stat is kind of skewed because I think I saw where, like, Cincinnati is, like, a top-five team in time of possession just because, like, I don't know, their defense doesn't take long to allow a touchdown to happen. So, um, <laughs> uh, penalties, uh, Cleveland's, like, I think they've, they've had 29 penalties for 256 yards. Pittsburgh has 23 penalties for 210 yards. Now, obviously, we're short a game on Pittsburgh. So, I would say that's about even as far as, like, shooting yourself in the foot. And then uh, third down conversions. Cleveland, they're ranked 14th in the NFL, and Pittsburgh's a top 10 uh, team and third down conversion. So, um, this kind of comes down to, like, my last two stats here, which I think are huge. Um, and they're split. So, uh, if you look at the Steelers, uh, like there's, I don't want to say strength of schedule, but anybody want to take a guess on like the record of the Steelers opponents this year? Like what it is combined? Three twelve and one. Oh yeah, yeah, it's got to be yeah, bad. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I know like I didn't like factor in like the stupid one with the Eagles and like the Bengals tie and that bullshit. So um, yeah, not not ideal uh, tape to like watch the the Steelers play. And I, and this kind of comes back to like the Titans game, like. That would have been such a huge game for both teams, for, like, the whole NFL, just to kind of gauge, like, are the Steelers for real? Because I think we still kind of are, you know, they're, they're undefeated, and that's tough to do in the NFL. But I don't think they've played really the caliber um, of what the Browns have played. Not saying they've played amazing teams, but their record is, is closer to, to – their opposing record is closer to 500 at, at 11 and 13. Um what I was really pleased with last week, and I didn't watch the game. I, I went and played golf with a group of a group of friends, had a, like a, a great tee time at a really nice course up in, up on Lake Erie. So I did that. Listened to the whole game pretty much on the radio driving home. And uh, I, I think it's a testament to a really good team is when if your offense is struggling, then your defense like steps up. And that's what happened against the Colts. I'm not saying the Colts had a great offense. Um, but the defense won that game, uh, getting a, a, a crucial safety. I think it was like early fourth quarter against Phillip Rivers with intentional grounding, and then uh, a, yeah, a, a well, pick six and and uh, Miles Garrett is like just he's tough. I don't know, Bobby. Did you see the the, the like the clip of him and uh, Quentin Nelson like butting heads or like going at each other? Like they like both. It was like two Rams like just like going at each other. Like it was like a stalemate yeah. for like three seconds and then like I get it like Quentin drove him back but also like I think Miles was like trying to like go after the ball carrier who was like you know two or three yards downfield but I think it was like a win if you were like grading that that out I think like both people won you know Garrett turned it inside but also Quentin got his block so that was really kind of cool to see like two probably future Hall of Famers just like going at it so uh which like if I gotta make a call I think Bobby hit it kind of on the head back to my last point with you got to kind of got to go coaching here with Tomlin and, and, and the quarterback with Roethlisberger. That's, that's a tough tandem to go up against. Um, 
I, I don't know. Like, I, I like Baker, but he made a lot of bonehead mistakes, and, and, and he had some drops with Landry, but uh, I don't know. I, I think I could see it going this way. Browns lose in Pittsburgh. Cleveland wins in Cleveland, uh, split in the series this year. So that's kind of like what my gut is. Um, but I'm having some hope with the fact that the Browns have, have proven themselves against at least a really good team with the Colts and uh, winning winning that game. So my hopes are Cleveland wins. Obviously, I, I want that to happen. I fucking hate Pittsburgh. Don't hate you, Bobby. Great guy. Hate the Steelers. They've, like, fucked me over some years. I'm sick of seeing it, and, like, nothing would, like – if the Browns go five and one and beat the Steers on the road, like I'm not fucking wearing pants next week. Like that's all I'm saying. Like, like I'm gonna have to like fucking duck, duct tape my dick down because I'm gonna have like a, a boner for a long time. So I know there's a lot of stats thrown at you. I was hoping to like try to provide some context with like trying to understand it and get myself out of the way and just look at it on paper. And it's pretty even. Yeah, Absolutely. that's what I was gonna listen. And it was like, damn, these teams are pretty close <laughs> statistically. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I, I just, I'm hoping it's a good game. Um, I don't know. I, I always just have a hard time having sympathy for Browns fans, no offense, but most of them are like Buckeye fans. So, you know, with the last two decades, it's kind of been, you know, the best, maybe one of the best runs, if not the best run in the highest state history. So, like... I guess it depends on where your fandom's at. It still hurts um, really bad. Like if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely, like, uh, absolutely. Yeah. But I always look at like you know, if you were well, I guess since we're in the Midwest, if you're like a Lions fan and a University of Michigan yeah, fan, like good. your fall just absolutely like sucks for the most part. But um, you know, I think. I give Cleveland a chance, like, you know, and that's just based on, you know, Pittsburgh. I get it. They are who they are, uh, historically and stuff like that. But, you know, they haven't really, I haven't saw Pittsburgh a lot this year either. So it's kind of like, well, I I don't think they look, this, this is a nice, yeah, I'm sorry for interrupting. I'm just excited. I don't know. You're good. Like I, I, no, it's a measuring stick game for sure for both teams, I think. Yeah, and, like, with the Eagles. Cleveland's still trying to prove it. I don't know, like, Bobby can talk about. But like, I don't know, I thought, like, they would, like, handle the Eagles pretty well. And I didn't watch the game, but I, I don't know. It seems like the Eagles kind of hung in there and, like, scored a decent amount of points. And Carson Wentz has looked like shit all year. So, like, I don't know. I don't it, know what, it to, was, what to think. It was the strangest day. Like, the first half was kind of close. There was some question. Like, there was not a single holding call in the first half. And Miles Sanders had like a 70-yard touchdown run where one of these no-name receivers, I think it was Greg Ward, like literally was holding Joe Hayden like at arm's length. You could see his jersey like pulling away. I was like, how do you not call that on the sideline? (laughs) But we we come out – like our defense, when we come out of the uh, halftime break, they're awesome. Like they're hitting everything. Our offense came out and scored two touchdowns right away. We went up 31 to 14. I was like, all right, time to play defense, sit on this lead, run the ball. And then I don't know what it was. This no-name receiver for the Eagles had like 170 yards receiving. And it was just Wentz just just throwing it up. And and he's like 6'6". And he's going up against Joe Hayden and Stevie Nelson, who are like 6'1", 5'11". So it's like, of course, he's going to have that. It's just like a jump ball in basketball. Um, it, they played way too much zone defense, and 
there was times when like we weren't rushing. We had like our second unit in and we weren't getting any pass rush. So Wentz could just kind of like sit there, sit there, sit there, and then find the guy wide open. So it's like the defense has lapses like that. And we've been lucky enough to play offenses, other teams' offenses that aren't able to capitalize on that yet. So it kind of helped out with that. So I think this is a game where Pittsburgh has to be on every single cylinder right out of the gate on this one, or Cleveland could go up two touchdowns right out of the gate. Yeah, there's like a 100% chance of me getting like entire like too drunk for this game. Like I'm just going to be a mess. I don't know. Um, I, I'm hoping like our run game, you know, I, I would absolutely feel better with, with Chubb. And, I, and, and you definitely missed him against um, there in the second half against the Colts. It just seems like, um, you know, we were wearing them down. And we did – we were able to, like, rip off some longer runs there later in the game, especially to steal it. But uh, it's just something about having Nick Chubb come at you a lot and then and then throw it to Hunt, where when Hunt's the feature back, yeah, he's, he's – don't get me wrong, he's, he's a fantastic guy. But it's not the same as that one-two punch. So, um, you know, I would, I would probably pick Cleveland to win if Nick Chubb was playing. Like, that's how big of a difference maker he, he really is. So – um, but the Browns got to get creative. And Bobby, you mentioned like your short like quarterbacks like that are still fantastic. Um, hopefully, um, with Hollywood Higgins coming back and scoring a touchdown, like he's a tall dude. Uh, Peoples Jones, he's tough. Uh, we get Najoku back, David Najoku. Our tight ends are, are are big, so I'm just hoping we can we can stay with you guys and and build that lead because I think we're gonna need it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I would agree with that. Where I think. Cleveland definitely it would serve them right to play with the lead, especially on the road. Um, I think the one thing, last thing I'll say about the matchup: last two weeks, Odell he's he's engaged, he's a part of the game plan, he's he's a difference maker. Um, that's kind of you know, I guess for the Browns and as a Browns fan, you just got to be kind of ecstatic that. It's uh, it's, it's going that way right now. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like again, uh, we talked about it. Like you know, especially week one. You know, I think he's somebody that I don't want to say you have to force getting him the ball, but I think like that game against the Cowboys, um, just kind of like rejuvenated him, and you could tell they were having fun. And you want Odell to like, like you said, be engaged and just like want want to win. And and there's no doubt he does. Um, I just hope they keep keep it up and. This, uh, I, I think the Steelers' defense is is better than better than the Colts, um, but not by a whole lot. I, I, I but not by like a ton. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm just again, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't. I, I, I think three points is kind of right on the money. There could come down to it. Who's who's the kicker? Is 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 it's not Brian? It's not Bos or Boswell? Is is he still the kicker for the Steelers? Who's the fuck? Yeah, it's still Boswell. Steelers? Okay, yeah, like so that that's tough. Cody Parkey, you know, hats off to him. He got the he got the bounce in on the kind of game ceiling uh, field goal. So um, special teams is huge here. We I I love our punter. Uh, we call him the Scottish Scottish Hammer. He can fucking drill him, but hopefully we don't have to use him a lot. So um, Jamie Gillum from 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 Scotland. So yeah, we'll see. I'm excited for it. Yeah, it should be good. Um. All right, fellas, I think uh, that's a, a nice, tidy 55-ish minutes. Um, any last words, uh, Bryce, 
Start with you. Any last words? Uh, no, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm kind of in the mood to watch him home improvement and just like understand why Tim the Toolman Taylor seems so fucking relaxed when he's on TV because he's making one point whatever fucking million dollars an episode. So good for him. Uh, go, go Browns. Uh, Bobby earmuffs. Fuck the Steelers. And uh, let's, <laughs> let's get it done. And I'm going to talk so much shit in a good way. I'll be respectful um, if they do win. But it's, it's deserved. We fucking deserve it. All right, Bobby. Uh, anything? Steelers, just go and take it. Take what what you take. What's yours? Take what you deserve. Um, and the last thing, go Irish. Keep it rolling. All right, everybody. We'll be back next week. A Big Ten preview coming your way, and um, depending on how the game goes, somebody will have the bragging rights next week when it comes to those Browns Steelers matchup. So. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Hopefully um, some other news notes will be talked about next week. But anyway, rate, review, subscribe. Follow the show on Twitter at Podcast Thanks for listening.